Hi, and welcome to Authentically ADHD with me, your host, Carmen Irace. I am a teacher, a life coach, a lifelong learner, and an ADHDer. I created this podcast to create community, to create a place for us to learn together as the newest research comes out about this complex neurodevelopmental disorder. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hello, friend. If you have been a long-time listener, thank you so much. From the bottom of my heart, you are my people. If you're a first-timer, welcome to the podcast, friend. You have plugged in to a very juicy episode. It is hopefully short and sweet, maybe a little bit, you know, medium length and sweet, um, and full of valuable information and some of my personal opinions all about the spectrum that is ADHD. So let's get started. Hi friend, would you do me a really quick favor and scroll up to the top of your podcast app and rate and review the show for me? I would really appreciate it. If not, at least maybe share it with a friend or somebody you think could benefit from it. That way I can make sure I'm helping as many people as humanly possible. Thank you for listening, rating, and reviewing the show. What you don't see about ADHD is that it has the worst name in history. Not only do we fidget, have high energy, aka hyperactivity, and are, you know, scatterbrained, disorganized, there is so much more to ADHD. So much that it could literally make someone sick to their stomach. We struggle with hyperfixations, auditory processing, following conversations, sleep issues, lack of working memory, intense emotions that can take over our entire body like a forceful wave from the ocean. We are impulsive. And we are impulsive with what we do, where we go, the shit that comes out of our mouths, and sometimes the intense mood swings and emotional explosions make, um, you know, the depression so bad that you can't stop crying. Oh yeah, and we're 60% more likely to develop major depressive disorder or experience a major depressive episode in our lives. It's hard to fall asleep, hard to wake up, and the amount of thought work and journaling that I have to do to stop feeling my rejection sensitivity dysphoria is just ridiculous. I personally struggle with auditory processing 
and I'm a preschool teacher. Yeah, let that sink in. Just, you know, for a minute. Here's the thing. Attention deficit disorder is not a deficit in attention. Ask any person with ADHD that you know. We have plenty of attention. It's the keeping track, the regulating, the self-talk, and the thought management that we have to do while paying attention. That's the part that sucks. Canceling plans you made when you were excited and now you feel the RSD so hard so you no longer want to go, you cancel, you feel good for two seconds, then the guilt and shame start spiling and if you don't catch it, if you don't stop, you're headed down a spirally dark, scary road. It's only being able to eat certain foods when you're so hungry, but food is not appetizing whatsoever. I mean, <laughs> this is the only disorder I know of that makes it easier to procrastinate having to go pee because you just need to finish like one more thing. <laughs> ADHD is also painful. The pain of forgetting something important, letting loved ones down, and the pain of the negative self-talk we have and don't talk about. Negative self-talk is a natural human behavior, but in ADHD brains, we are more negatively biased because we grew up being told that we weren't paying attention or living up to our potential. So I hope that you have found a way to deal with the pains with that come along with our ADHD as well. I can't say this enough. ADHD has the worst name in the history of mental health disorders. I mean, it's just there are so many symptoms that don't include just being hyper and not being able to, like, squirrel. Yeah, okay, it's funny, but, like, that's not all it is. So, friend, tell me if you relate when looking back on your life or thinking about it now, um, report card said great potential needs to focus, pay attention, or my personal favorite, she's a little chatty, aka no matter who I sit her by, she never stops talking. Do you twirl your hair? Do you have certain foods that you can just eat for weeks on end until you're just absolutely so sick of it you can't look at it for months? Does your brain run a mile a minute? Is it hard to sit and do one thing at a time? Do you emotionally blow up at the people that you love or even at random people possibly? Do you impulsively do things like post on social media or yell at people or impulsively shop? Do you feel like no matter how hard you try, you will never be able to quote-unquote get your shit together? Do you struggle with depression? Anxiety? How about being rejected? How do you handle that? 
is keeping friends difficult for you? Is it easy? Why? How about jobs? Is it hard to keep them? Do you let them burn you out? Do you run late often? Do you lose important items? Or forget where you put something five minutes after putting it down? And then possibly find it in a weird place? Do you have a hard time making decisions? Does brightness, loud music, and or sound distract you or overwhelm you? How about low light or other sounds? How do those make you feel? Do you struggle with perfectionism, procrastination, and or never feeling purposeful? Do you often have a disorganized space, whether it be your workspace, your bedroom, your office, etc. Do you have a hard time scheduling into the future? Do you have a hard time knowing what your values and boundaries are? Do you have a hard time sticking to what you say you're going to do? And... Do any of these things, this is not a limited list, by the way, but do any of these things impact your life negatively enough to where you are impaired? Me too. And it's the ADHD spectrum. So, if you're a long-time listener, you know about the prefrontal cortex the CEO of the brain, the teacher, the conductor of the brain, behavior, impulse control, time management, organization, planning, scheduling, knowing what you're doing while you're doing it, and remembering the steps, being able to follow through on something, being able to Use your memory to finish your task at hand. And then the other part of the brain, this is a little science behind what I'm talking about in this episode. The cingulate cortex is the part of the brain that is responsible for, and this is research, by the way, it's responsible for emotional regulation, thoughts, emotions, and mood regulation. So, that is literally, if you think about it really intentionally for a few minutes, think about these things, how each of them relates to daily tasks as simple as getting dressed or showering, laundry, dishes, going to work, the process it takes to get ready to go to work, transitioning home from work, taking care of your kids, staying calm, healthy, and trying to be the best, you know, person that you could be. Because the spectrum goes from high to low in severity and symptoms. Some experience all negative outcomes of all symptoms severely, and some experience moderate of some a little of a few, etc. 
I mean, that's what a spectrum is. It goes from high to low, low to high. Things like chatting a lot, twirling your hair, being a person who is quote-unquote too much, has high energy, never stops. Um, somebody who can't stick to one idea. These aren't all bad things. They just they just can be channeled better in some people. And this is why people with ADHD strive in chaotic jobs like teaching, like um, jobs where they can either make their own schedules or uh, they can work in the shifts that they like, such as serving, bartending, coaching at home, from home, um, running programs for fitness, running programs for other things that people are passionate about. Because guess what? ADHD brains hold interest with things that interest them. We hold attention to things that interest us. We can follow through with those things more easily. Easily. Like, like I wouldn't have gotten as far as I am if I didn't enjoy my teaching job, if I didn't enjoy podcasting, if I didn't enjoy coaching, I wouldn't have gotten this far. Um, and I'm not saying that all three of those jobs are chaotic necessarily, but they all lend to a part of me that I've learned to work with instead of working against. Because living with ADHD is hard, even even for the people who are quote-unquote influencers or who make it look easy or like a superpower, living with ADHD is hard. The remainder of this episode is going to be more candid. You're going to get a glimpse into a little bit of my life, what led me here, and I discuss a little bit about growing up, what it felt like, what I know now about some of the things that have impacted me and my life. So, here we go with the next part of this episode. I'm psyched. How about you? <laughs> hey, listener. Are you looking for some support in your life? Possibly some coaching on an area in your life you just can't seem to get a hold of? You're in luck because my free one-on-one coaching calls are open again. First call is always free. Head to the show notes to get the link and sign up with the form. Love to chat with you. Talk soon, my authentic friend. Hi friend, do you struggle with ADHD? Are you looking for a fabulous community to join to learn more about your ADHD? and give, be given strategies, courses, and a coach, you should join 
focused, head to my show notes and click that link and we both get a credit to our account. You get money off, I get money off, and Lord knows ADHDers need to save money. So head to that link if you want to join today. Like I said, living with ADHD is hard. Um, For me personally, task initiation has always been hard for me. But getting in the flow and hyper-focus is easy. But that always, that can have its downfalls. Um, Because I've never, ever felt the need to just procrastinate going pee as much as I have when I'm in hyper-focus. Um... Living with a vision it is very hard because remembering the past is actually very hard. Um, growing up for me, I remember being loved by all my teachers, but always being told that I was not meeting my potential. Always being told to stop talking. And when I wasn't being told to stop talking, I was told to stop touching my hair because since birth I have played with my hair and I can't remember the last time somebody didn't ask me like if it was something I did when I was nervous because it's not I I do I twirl my hair anytime that I don't have anything else to do with my hands um and now I want to I want to line something for you when I don't have anything to do with my hands, I twirl my hair. The same way when a boy doesn't know what to do with his body, he runs around. The hyperactivity is different. It shows up differently in women than it does for, bo- for men, for boys. And sometimes for, it's vice versa. Like Men can also present in a different way. And it doesn't mean that I'm not hyperactive. It doesn't mean I'm attentive because I'm, I have inattentive, hyperactive. I have combined ring of fire symptoms. And if you'd like to know what ring of fire symptoms I'm referring to, you can listen to my seven types of ADD episode. Um, basically, I experience high levels of negatively impacting symptoms I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but you know, imperfect work is great. So I experience certain parts of the spectrum very, very uh, intensely, and it's very, very hard for me. And other parts of the spectrum I don't find to be as difficult. So I do talk a lot, and I do thrive in emergency and chaos which is why I'm a good pad podcaster I think um, because I talk a lot and I like to learn and I like to help and teach which is why I am a good teacher because I work well in uh, chaos and emergency I've also been a server I've had like several different types of jobs and I've always been pretty good at them Um, Because I do take pride in what I do. But 
Feeling shame is something that I've had had difficulty with for a long time. Uh, we don't we don't record our wins as ADHD years. Not enough. It's something I've started doing a lot more, and I feel way way less shame about the things that I do. But what we do is we never feel like we're enough because we are always told that we're not reaching our potential. So we feel like we are always doing things wrong, which in turn kind of becomes part of our self-concept, like that we feel like we are always just wrong, which is literally shame. So getting out of shame has probably been one of the most beneficial and rewarding things that I've been doing um, because living with a vision is hard when you live in shame. Living with a vision of the future is difficult when you feel like you can't even organize, plan, or execute tasks and so triaging the symptoms was first for me when I found out. I always knew I was different and I'm going to jump around here because I said authentic, didn't I? So that's what you're getting. Authentic. Authentically Carmen. This is me. So I always knew um, that there was something a little different. I always wondered if other people felt like walking through life was like wading through water. Like it was really difficult. And like why, like if other people felt emotions as strongly as I did like at the age I remember at the age of like 11 or 12 I would cry at songs like and, and I only sort of like really knew why I connected it to these intense emotions that took over my entire body and I never I never fully understood really why um, until later I was uh, usually told that I was uh, kind of dramatic, and um, I've always been directionally challenged. I know, that was a little bit of a turn, wasn't it? Um, the joke used to be that uh, my parents could drop me off on the other side of the neighborhood, and if I was walking, I would not be able to find my way home, and they were absolutely correct. I would not. I'd probably get lost in a cul-de-sac. That's how bad my sense of direction is. If it wasn't for GPS today, I would be just still driving around in circles in my old 91 Lexus. Oh, and speaking of cars, car accidents, the amount of car accidents that I was in before I was diagnosed, treated, medicated, etc., I was in eight or nine of them, and only one of them was not my fault, and I'm not proud to admit that, but I want to show that in a very visual sense of, I was in seven actual fender benders with other cars and or things I ran my car into, like a bumper car. Um, before I was medicated. 
I also had received three speeding tickets and a moving violation. And I had several parking tickets that had cost me, you know, $80 to $100 because I had forgotten about them. Those, those are the types of things that people with ADHD struggle with. And those are the things that affected me a lot. Um, lately, meeting my true and authentic self in my own identity has been one of the hardest, one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my life. Um, it's also teaching me that I often feel victimized because I view myself as inept and a victim of other things, which I'm working on. Like I said, I am an ADHDer just like you, and some of the point of this episode is to let you in on some of the things that led me to where I am right now, like perfectionism. The first time I heard perfectionism, I was like, oh my god, no, I am not a perfectionist. I'm the furthest thing from it. I never try to make things perfect. Uh, I was dead wrong. Because being a perfectionist is basically setting expectations way too high and then beating yourself up when you don't meet them. And I definitely do that and did that a lot. Uh, I, tr- I don't do it a lot anymore, but I used to. Oh, I used to do it a lot, a lot. I have been practicing recently a reparenting voice with myself, which sort of sounds super cheesy, but it's been working. And I just tell myself that it's okay to feel these feelings because, because feeling feelings is freaking hard. Okay. I don't really want to put an explicit rating on this, but if you want authentically me, then here we go. Feeling feelings is fucking hard. I don't like it, but I've been doing it. And it's made me more productive. And yes, I'm saying this with a tone because I'm not happy about it. And I owe it all to my coach, Kristen Carter, who is the most amazing person in the world. You should join Focused if you have the money and you you can do so because that is what has changed. The things where I am now in my life and where I was before I got diagnosed has a lot to do with the doctors. Some of them were good, some of them were bad, some of them were terrible, but it's okay. And I forgave all of them because they were just doing their job. I've been institutionalized once in inpatient and once I actually sent myself to the hospital because I needed help and both times I was saved by the hospital. They helped me and it was uncomfortable and it was terrible and horrible the whole time, but it was worth it because I came out a better person every time. I didn't live in indecisive fear anymore because I was always indulging in confusion. I schedule, over schedule, I would overly say yes. And then when I would not follow through, I would take extra work. And then when 
that wasn't getting done, I would use shame to beat myself up. And it would take me two times as long, but I would just burn myself out in finishing it all. And it sucked. The end result usually sucked. Now, I just realize things like it's hard to keep friends or even try to meet new ones because we have fear of oversharing, interrupting, or like just taking over the entire conversation. It's something that it's hard for us to work on because we're so used to that default way of just being. When I was younger, when I couldn't pay attention, I talked or I daydreamed heavily. Like to the point where I was actually in the daydream. <laughs> Friends, I was in the daydream. I explicitly remember teachers having to tell me that they had to call my name like four times to get me out of the daydream. So, this is just actually a very small snippet into uh, some of the parts of my life. I lose important things all the time. I can never find my keys. Um, my room is cluttered one day and then tidy the next. I do manage to keep my workspace and my workout area clean because I do think better that way, but I also believe every ADHDer needs a place to just be themselves, and my bedroom is the place that will be messy, and the door will just, will just always be shut, no matter where, where I live. The door to mine and my love Tom's bedroom will always just be shut, because that's the place that I can be myself in. So, I hope that you got a lot out of this episode. I hope that you found it to be relatable. I hope that maybe you can share it with a friend who might relate. And I want you to stay authentic. Because I was definitely authentic in this episode. So, until next time, I'll talk to you soon.